Welcome, Nationals fans, to episode number 28 of the Live Podcast. My name is Kyle Brostowitz, and I'm coming to you from Harry Grove Stadium here in lovely Frederick, Maryland, where the Potomac Nationals are in the midst of a three-game series against the Frederick Keys. Now, they were rained out last night, so they're looking at a doubleheader tonight. Um, and with the weather as it is right now, um, that is in jeopardy as well. But they're looking to get two in tonight and finish this three-game series this week, so... Uh, remember, you can listen to the podcast, including all past episodes, through our blog, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, and through iTunes and art19.com by searching Washington Nationals. Now, it's been a while since we last spoke, um, so I wanted to check in with the Potomac Nationals, kind of the same way we did uh, about a month ago or so uh, with the Hagerstown Sun. So that, that episode, we went up to Hagerstown and hung out with uh, Patrick Anderson, their manager, and left-handed pitcher Tim Kate. Uh, you can check out that podcast on Curly W Live. Um, or like I said, by searching Washington National Washington Nationals podcast through iTunes and Art19.com. So as of this recording, the Potomac Nationals are in a tie with the Salem Red Sox in a battle for first place in the Carolina League North, the second half of the season. Uh, as you know, the Carolina League, like many other uh, minor leagues, are divided into two halves. So um, they're looking to capture the second half crown and head to the playoffs again. So before the scheduled doubleheader, we sat down with uh, their manager, Trip Keister, and infielder-outfielder Cole Freeman. Trip is in his eighth season in Washington's system um, and is sixth as the manager of the Potomac Nationals. He's led the team to three postseason appearances, including two appearances in the Mills Cup Championship, which is the Carolina League Championship Series. Uh, he brings tons of energy uh, and has been a key part in uh, Washington's player development system over these last eight years. I uh, hope it comes through in the interview, but Trip is, uh, like I said, has a lot of energy. Um, is a, and is a very excited uh, manager and a coach. And um, in 2018, he managed Juan Soto for a short time, as well as each of Washington's minor league players of the year, Carter Keeboom, Ben Bramer, uh, Will Crow, and Jake Knoll. Um, so like I said, he's he's got a uh, big impact on the organization at the major league level. You see it come through with players that make it to the big leagues and all across our minor league system. Cole Freeman, uh, 2017 fourth-round pick. Um, he's having a great season in Potomac. Uh, he's near the top of the Carolina League in average, where he's second in batting average, fourth in on-base percentage, near the top of the league in steals. He's one of the top hitters for average and uh, on-base percentage in Washington system as well. So having an all-around great year in his second uh, full uh, professional season. So now uh, let's get right to it. Here's episode 28 of the Curly W Live podcast with Trip Keister and Cole Freeman. Enjoy. All right, welcome Trip Keister, manager of the Potomac Nationals. We are here at a beautiful day up in Frederick, Maryland. We usually check in with teams at their home parks, but uh, the schedule worked out where you could come up here to Frederick. We're at uh, Harry Grove Stadium here, and, and it's not beautiful. It's raining for the second straight day. The guys were uh, postponed yesterday, so we're looking at a doubleheader today. So, Trip, I appreciate you uh, taking some time with us. I know it's going to be kind of a long day, busy day for you guys, but uh, thank you. Of course. Thanks, Kyle. So here we are in August 2019. You're kind of in the midst of a battle for the second half division title. We'll get to that in a little bit. But overall, 2019, you know, how are thi- how have things gone? Where are some positives, some things you guys have worked on? Uh, and we'll start there. Well, if you would have seen us at the beginning of the season, uh, we are not the same team that we are now. I think we played a lot better. Uh, there were some, some very trying times uh, early on. We uh, were, quite frankly, not a good baseball team. Uh, consistently Mm -hmm. we we would have some spurts where we would play well but we really struggled to put anything together uh on a consistent basis and uh and i will say it's a credit to this group Uh, a lot of the same players are here we have sent some guys to harrisburg but for the most part it's the same group 
and we've uh, we've managed to uh, kind of s- calm some things down, play a little better. Uh, our, our pitching has gotten better uh, more consistently. Uh, uh, we've 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 done a better job offensively, scoring runs, getting runners on. Um, it has been a challenge at times, mm-hmm. but I'm very happy with where we are right now. Was there um, kind of a, any galvanizing moment that you can recall, a single game or you know a stretch of games that kind of turned things around a little bit? I wish I could say yes, but it's really been kind of a sl- uh, uh, a process that mm. uh, guys needed to have things slow down for them okay. offensively. The pitchers needed to uh, to give us a chance and and, and have better outings uh, uh, deeper into games. And and when we've done that, our at bats have gotten better uh, as guys have gotten used to the league. Mm. So that's been uh, it's been a slower process. That's does, that's not too different than uh, what we were dealing with up in Washington after the nineteen and thirty one start. Um, but it looks like you guys have turned around kind of the same way the big club has. Now, as, a, as the manager of a group, um, obviously winning's important. We're your competitors. This is a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, but development's important, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you balance those two things when you're going through some tough times at the start of the year? And then as compared to right now when things are going pretty well, you're in a battle with, with Salem. You guys are tied yep. um, with about a couple weeks left in the season. So, so how does that balance work out in a season like this? Well, we never sacrifice uh, – development for mm-hmm. winning so okay. that's kind of first and foremost uh we win uh, and obviously when they keep score you're trying to win right. so uh, mm-hmm. you know everybody talks about development but don't get me wrong everybody in this business wants to right. win too sure. it's no sure. fun losing and <laughs> from the players from the coaches from anyone involved with the teams fans mm-hmm. it's no fun to lose right. and th- anyone who says it doesn't matter th- that they're not telling you the truth right. so it does matter but I also know that we needed to play better. And one of the me- my message has been very consistent this year, and that is we don't need to worry about the other team. We need to worry about how mm-hmm. we're playing, uh, how we're playing offensively, defensively, on the mound, how we're running the bases. All of those things matter. How how we need to take care of what we're doing, and that's kind of the message that I've I've uh, I've continued to hammer home, mm-hmm. and I'll continue it as we finish this season. I know we're in a playoff race, and and. You do want to win, and you, you care about Salem, but we still need to play better. We need to play good baseball. When we play well, we have a chance to win, and that's really what my focus has been on. Now, we kind of mentioned it walking over here before, but you made an interesting point that development is impacted positively by a playoff race where guys aren't just playing out the string and you're, you're fighting for something, you're, you're coming together as a team. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, sure, and, and I think since I've been here in uh, working for the Nationals, uh, I started in 2012, mm-hmm. and our aspirations as a big league team have been to win. Right. And so I feel, and, and we as an organization feel, that it's, uh, it's very important mm-hmm. that not only do we focus on winning, but, or uh, focus on development, but developing winning baseball right, teams. For and sure. so what better place, you know, to be than in a playoff uh, uh, race, whether it be in Potomac, Harrisburg, you know, Fresno, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, uh, to, to get you ready for that playoff race in D.C. I mean, it looks like, if you look at our, our big league team, it looks like that's going to come down to the wire right, as well. Sure. So any of these guys that, uh, that are used to that and, and, and recognize the importance of coming to play every day and, 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 and trying to win a baseball game that day, it, it does matter. Mm-hmm. And so with that, that, that part about development, what better place to have that happen than here? So that's uh, kind of my, been my approach. That's great to hear. Now uh, I want to run through a couple players with you on your team. Um, why don't we start with uh, assuming we're going to play tonight. You always want to assume you're going to play. Sure. Um, you're, you're starting pitchers for game one and game two. Game one's Ryan Tappany. Um, what have you seen out of him? What's uh, you know he's a son of a big leaguer, so he's kind of got that um, confidence and that approach to things. You know, what have you seen out of him this season, and what are you looking for tonight? 
Yeah, he's uh, he's only been here a couple weeks. Actually, both these uh, starters tonight mm-hmm. have only been here a couple weeks. So I, I was actually – I didn't know much about Ryan mm-hmm. before he got here, but his first outing we had a doubleheader, and he I think he struck out 10 mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, in seven innings. Excuse me, he only went six innings. Six but, innings. Uh, but yeah, he struck out 10 in six innings and uh, uh, commanded his fastball. And uh, he's got uh, his secondary stuff, uh, breaking ball, changeup. So look to see him. Yeah, he 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 pitches uh, in the strike zone. He he makes batters. Uh, he pitches the contact, right. but yet batters have swung and missed. So uh, looking for more out of uh, out of that, more of that out of him. Mm-hmm. So uh, he the one thing that I do know is he's such a competitor. Right. He has been around this uh, his, this his whole life, and he such a competitor and uh, uh, is a pitch maker. So mm-hmm. it's been it was fun to watch him his first couple starts. And then Francis Piguero, uh Came up from Hagerstown too. He's I think this is his fourth appearance, first yeah. start I think with you guys. That's uh, right. Uh, he leads the organization in ERA amongst full season players, so which is pretty good. Uh, Two point eight one. What are you looking for out of him, and what have you seen from him wh- during his short time here so far? Well, he's a strike thrower, mm-hmm. and uh, he pitches the contact, uh, um, and obviously he's had a lot of success. He's leading the uh, organization in ERA. Mm-hmm. This is his first start for us. He's only pitched out of the bullpen. It's been mm-hmm. just a couple. Uh, uh, a couple innings uh, stints at a time. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to get get some length out of him mm-hmm. so that we don't tax our bullpen too right. much, obviously, and uh, uh, kind of more of the same with him. Fastball, breaking ball, change up, and, uh, you know, fill up the zone with three pitches and uh, pitch the contact so that we can make some plays behind him. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we spent some time with Tim Kate up in Hagerstown, uh, talked to him for, for one episode, and now he's with you guys. So uh, what uh, what have you seen out of him? How has he adjusted to the Carolinas? Carolina League, especially after having so much success in the South Atlantic League. Yeah, he's pitched well. He um, he cuts his fastball and sinks his fastball, so it goes kind of kind of both ways. Uh, he throws his curveball for strikes and for swings and misses. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of a slower uh, uh, breaking ball. There's there's tremendous separation right. between his fastball and curveball, which um, really uh, messes with hitters' timing. Right. And uh, he's been developing his changeup, which as a as a starter, you need that third pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting better. He's improving every every start. He's made some adjustments with his uh, with his delivery at times, um, and uh, he's he's really pitched well. It's been he's been a big boost mm-hmm. for us. You know, we did lose Kyle Johnson right. uh, to, to the uh, to the trade mm-hmm. for the uh, to the Blue Jays with in the trade at the mm-hmm. deadline, and he's kind of picked up that role that Kyle was leading the league in, in wins right. and ERA and batting average and all of those types mm-hmm. of good really good numbers. Right. And Timmy's picked back up. Um, uh, pick that up. He's he keeps him uh, improving during uh, during e- during his uh, uh, work between starts, mm-hmm. and he takes that that improvement into each start. So it's been fun to to get to know him and watch him improve. Definitely for um, for these three pitchers and for pitchers in general, um, especially now this the midseason points a lot of call ups happen. Um, what's the biggest adjustment for pitchers from the South Atlantic League to the Carolina League, in your opinion? Well, the strike zone shrinks uh, every level you go. Okay. Um, I think the umpires um, get better, the b- and you have to throw the ball over the plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the hitters are better in this league than they than they were in the in the South Atlantic League. I think more discipline. Mm-hmm. I think they're not going to chase as many pitches mm-hmm. here, and and I think as you move up the up the ladder, I think that's exactly what happens. Your hitters get better. They uh, they make you throw the ball over the plate, mm-hmm. so you have to miss bats uh, with strikes. Right. Um, but the other part about this league that is a challenge is you play the team so many times, right. so they know you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Timmy's faced Wilmington two, three times oh already, already? Wow. and uh, okay. 
So he has not been able to just, you know, have some uh, hitters that don't know mm. who he is and haven't faced him. So you get to know the intimacy of this league. It lends itself to you have to make adjustments okay. and you have to adjust. And that's really what uh, what has to happen with Timmy and with all those guys mm. that, that, that get moved up here. That's interesting. Uh, now our next guest on the podcast is going to be Cole Freeman. Um, having a great year for you guys in his, in his second uh, pro season, full pro season. Um, what stands out to me is his uh, batting average near top of the league, top of the Carolina League on base percentage. Also, it's about 100 points higher than his batting average, sitting around 400, I think, last I checked. Um, you know, what's been the keys to, to his success this year, his development as a player um, from the off- on the offensive side of the ball? Well, Cole's a throwback. Um, mm-hmm. He is really good at statistics that uh, seems like not a lot of people care about. <laughs> oh, anymore. really? You know, batting average, runs scored, mm-hmm. uh, on-base percentage, walks, doubles. But um, stolen bases, stolen bases, bases. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's in the league leaders in all those categories. Right. Uh, OPS, obviously, he's good. He's gone about his OPS mm-hmm. a little differently uh, because of his on base percentage, right. and he's kind of more of a Votto uh, okay. OPS than a uh, slugging percentage mm-hmm. OPS guys. But, but um, no, Cole has uh, he's hit either first or second for us pretty much the whole season. He's he's on base. He he approaches. Uh, each game he gets on base, he's, he he moves runners. He he really is a, uh, a top-of-the-lineup guy that's an enabled Aljun Corridor mm-hmm. to be our, our three-hole guy is also in the league leaders in RBIs mm-hmm. because I'm sure of Cole, of Cole yeah. being on base and moving runners. So Cole has had a great year offensively. Um, we really do need him this last month to, um, to continue that. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, he's really done a fantastic job mm-hmm. at the top of the order, kind of setting the table right. for the, the three, four, five guys. Uh, he's spending a little bit more time out in the outfield this year, specifically center field. He came up as a second baseman, drafted as a second baseman. Now he's he's shown off some versatility out in the outfield. How has that transition been for him? Uh, what are some things that you've worked on with him out there and, and keys to getting better for him as he continues in his career? Well, he's really taken to the outfield. Uh, last year he played second and third in Hagerstown. Mm-hmm. This year he's played uh, only second, and then he's moved. He played some right field and some, some center field. Mm-hmm mostly center in the outfield and uh quite frankly for his uh career moving forward it's it's good for him to have this versatility to be able to play anywhere on the diamond um he's really taking the center field he's getting great jumps on mm-hmm. balls he's um um he's really worked at his jumps at his uh uh route efficiency mm-hmm. he's really worked on uh on um on being an outfielder and mm-hmm. and quite frankly uh he's really been one of the better outfielders in our league since he's since he's moved out there. So he, he continues to work mm-hmm. with Thurm, with myself, uh, working on his jumps, working on his routes, mm-hmm. uh, all of those things that goes with, uh, with being an outfielder. And uh, um, it's, been, it's, been, uh, uh, it's been a lot smoother than I, than I originally thought, so I'm, I'm happy for him. Excellent. So a little bit about you. Uh, this is your eighth season in the organization, uh, fifth with the Peanuts. Um, and you've had – we talked a lot about – the earlier about winning against developing, but is there specifically what development story in your eight years? Um, and we asked Patrick Anders this a couple Anderson this a couple weeks ago um, that you were personally proud of of a player or one of your uh, coaches that's kind of gone on. Is there is there one story you can tell us that you're really really proud of? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> well, first off, this is my sixth year in Potomac. Oh, sixth. That's year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get that right. But <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. I think. Uh, it's hard to pick out one. Mm-hmm. I think the the part that I always, you know, try to lean on and 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 really kind of drives me is it's never 
about the coaches or, you know, those stories. It's mm -hmm. always about the players. Okay. You know, and I always really – I think what happens is you, you're – you're with guys in the trenches, so to speak, and you, you see them go through the adversity of the season or the adversity of the game, if you will. And, you know, um, Adrian Sanchez was sent down mm. and, and a bunch of times to hear, you know, from Harrisburg to here, maybe two or three times, and then to go back up and to keep him working and to watch him work and to finally reach his goal of getting into the major leagues. Mm -hmm. And now he's, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's really a contributor right. on our major league team right now. And, you know, I, I can just think of those types of stories when guys have adversity mm. and then they end up getting to the major leagues and becoming a, a, a major league player. And that's really what drives you. I, right. I really do care about the players. I care about their success. I care about more than them just as major leaguers. But um, that's kind of what drives me is just hoping that they can, can reach their dreams, being a part of that, sending them on to the next level mm -hmm. or the next, uh, the next stage of their development, uh, hopefully in a good place so that they're able to – to continue moving forward to where to reaching their goals. That's ultimately what I'm trying to do. That's great to hear, and I think all, all Naturals fans can look at the path of Adrian Sanchez and kind of be inspired. And um, I, th I heard in spring training someone described him as the ultimate Washington National because of how long he's been around and the trials and tribulations. So it, it's cool for you to mention his story. Trip, I appreciate your time. I know you guys got two games today. Yep. So you're going to play, I promise. The sun's peeking out <laughs> a little bit, I think. Okay. Um, but – Good luck the rest of the season. Hope to see you in the uh, Carolina League playoffs, and we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you very much, Thank Kyle. Thank you, sir. And we're back on the Curly W Live podcast here in the studios at Perry Grove Stadium in Frederick, Maryland, as we just talked about with Trip, The uh, the weather it looks like it might be getting a little bit better. P-Natural looking at a doubleheader tonight against the Frederick Keys, so we appreciate Cole Freeman taking a few minutes to join us uh, up here in the booth. So thanks, Cole, for uh, joining us. I appreciate you having me. I'm uh, excited to get this started. Doubleheader today. Are you in there for both games? Uh, I believe so. I mean, I've had a about a week and a half off. Oh, now. really? Yeah. So uh, I had a little ha hamstring tweak, okay. but uh, so I assume I am. Okay, you're ready to play two sevens. Sounds good. Um, your second full pro season uh, after getting drafted in 2017 out of LSU. Um, Town last year in Potomac this year. Big picture. Uh, how has your season gone for you in your eyes? Um, it's gone. I think as planned. Okay. Um, you know, I. I I've done pretty much what I wanted to do uh, goal-wise mm -hmm. starting the year. Um, now I'm hitting for average. I'm um, much more consistent mm -hmm. than I was last year. Uh, getting that first season under your belt, right. I think, was really big, especially that being my first, uh, you know, taste of pro ball, mm -hmm. me having to miss short season right after right. the draft. Um, yeah, it's it's been good. Obviously, there's been the ups and downs. Um, I think I've handled the downs mm -hmm. way better okay. uh, this year than I did last year. They were definitely – some tough times that, uh, you know, we had to work through. But um, all in all, it's been great. You know, I've had uh, a ton of fun this mm -hmm. year. The guys have been incredible um, playing for, you know, these manager, uh, the manager trip and mm -hmm. all the other coaches were uh, a ton of fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've played well, uh, especially as of late, and I'm really excited to see what we can do for the last month. So the um, if anyone looks at your stat lines and, and your, your numbers um, – Batting average, on-base percentage are big. Uh, you're top five in the Carolina League, I think, in both. Stolen bases, um, you're stealing a lot of bases. I think you have, at this point, you have many walks and strikeouts, which is really impressive uh, for a young hitter. So can you talk a little bit about your approach at the plate, what you're looking to accomplish, um, you know, your, your beliefs in on-base percentage and drawing walks and, and, you know, stealing bases, scoring runs, uh, being that type of player? Yeah, uh, like you said, that that's – 
those categories are the biggest for mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, the home runs, uh, that's something that, you know, doesn't really need to be mm-hmm. there for me. Obviously, it helps. But, sure. uh, you know, I, I'm going to be at the the top of the order, mm-hmm. and I need to get on mm-hmm. for the guys, um, you know, like Corridor and Reeves mm-hmm. and all them to uh, have the opportunity to drop me in. And obviously, the more chances I'm on base, mm-hmm. the more opportunities they have. And that's all I'm looking to try and do. Um, I, I mean, at the plate, I'm really just trying to be a tough at-bat. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just a walk to me is mm. as good as a hit. Right. You know, I obviously I'll take whatever. And uh, you know, as one of my coaches said, when I was back in um, in college. He said, you know, a single for you is could be a possible double. double. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I understand my game, and I think mm. that's kind of when I started taking the next step was understanding who I am as mm. a player and uh, really buying into that. And yeah, I mean, I just want to get up there. And be one of those people that step in the box and the pitchers like you know, all right, here we go again. I gotta face him. <laughs> I'll deal so with I this mean, guy again. Yeah, yeah. W- once I get a pitcher to you know, uh, talk to me a little bit after, mm. and then you're like, hey, bro, you're like one of the toughest outs. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the biggest compliments. I that's can good get. to hear. So I uh, I've been working on that. For Was sure. there a player growing up, uh, either when you were a kid or in high school, college, or even you know early parts of pro ball that you kind of looked at and was like, that's that's the guy I need to be. That's what I want to be. I mean, the way you talk about your approach mm-hmm. sounds a lot like Adam Eaton. Mm-hmm. Um, up in D.C., the way he just grinds out at bats and will get hit. Uh, yeah. Same with Victor, you know, mm-hmm. he'll get hit and he's got no problem with that. So was there a player that kind of inspired that approach? Yeah, um, I was actually a Cubs fan growing okay. up. So when we were watching, we, we played St. Louis a mm-hmm. lot. So I got to watch David Eckstein a lot. Okay. And obviously, you know, um, I'm kind of his stature and ty- mm-hmm. type of player. So, I mean, I love to watch him. Um, obviously, once I got into college and stuff, I, I was big on Bregman. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with me going to LSU and stuff like that, I just kind of looked at his game. And, I mean, everything he did was, you know, just right. I mean, the energy he brought to the field, how he played the game. And, I mean, I think somebody would be crazy trying not to model their game right. after them. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've just been trying to kind of pick and choose mm-hmm. uh, with certain players and see what fits me the best. But, uh, yeah, I'm always trying to learn. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you're splitting time a little bit second base or natural position and uh, making the move to center field. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked to Trip a little bit about that, about um, what you're going through every day and, and how you've improved a lot and you're using your athleticism. So so tell me a little bit about that transition um, and what you're working on out there in center field and, uh, you know, some keys for you and, and um, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of uh, fell into place one time. Uh, Sunberg got hurt at the, mm-hmm. end, at the beginning of the season and then I think it was like a game later, Banks got in the – hit it in the wrist mm-hmm. so like he, he couldn't go the next day and you know Tripp was like hey can anybody play outfield and I was like you know yeah, yeah. throw me <laughs> out there like uh so he threw me out there in right field and you know after the game he's like hey you know y- you look good out there he's like would you be opposed to going to center field mm-hmm. and I mean I always want to be a guy that is on a team and that could play any right. position whatever the team needs as mm-hmm. long as I'm in the lineup I'm happy and uh so he put me out there in center field ended up having a pretty good game made a uh, pretty good catch and then uh he you know, kind of told me when we get to the second half, he's like, I think we're going to start working out in the outfield mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, talked to Doug Harris a little bit, and he said the same thing. You know, he's, he was excited to see me out there and wants to see how versatile mm-hmm. I can be. And, you know, that, that's all I want to be. I want to be as versatile as possible for, for the team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun as mm-hmm. of, you know, as of late because it's a new position. It's a kind of a new type of breath mm-hmm. that you can take uh, running out to a different right. position out there. So, uh, no, it's been fun for did real. you. Um, did you ever play outfield before that day? No, I think no. the <laughs> last game I played in the, in the outfield was like 
my sophomore summer in high school. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you ha- did you have a glove or did you borrow someone's? No, I had to borrow someone's. I was actually using Sunberg for <laughs> a while while he was, you know, rehabbing with us. And then, uh, yeah, I just got somebody else's glove after that. So, Do you remember, now this is kind of a two-part question. We'll go to your first, ta- first time in center. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember that first game, like finally sitting out there, the first pitch of a, of a real of a game, and wondering like, like what were you thinking, like oh man, or like <laughs> what am I doing out here? Like I, I made a huge mistake, um, and then like was there has there been a point this year where like it's become natural to you or comfortable? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, w- when I got out there the first time, I was just you know running through every situation <laughs> in my head. You know, I got to do this if the ball goes mm-hmm. here, got to do this. I mean, just your your main stuff, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I just had not had a lot of looks out there, right. so it was just kind of uncertain for mm-hmm. me. And um, you know, it, it it definitely got more comfortable for me mm-hmm. pretty quick. Um, I'd say honestly, in the last like two weeks, yeah. it's you know no big deal. You mm-hmm. know, I'm taking much better routes on balls. I'm understanding where I got to throw the mm-hmm. balls. You know, just obviously me being an infield, I know getting it to the cut is mm-hmm. the biggest thing because they're the one that's right. gonna uh, have to finish, finish the play. The play yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been pretty comfortable as of late and I've uh, been able to make a couple big catches mm-hmm. and um, only thing it's a little more boring I guess <laughs> out there than being in the no uh, infield but I mean that I think that's part of the challenge mm-hmm. you, you can go out there and sit out there for right. three innings and not get a right. ball and guess what there's two outs and a guy on second you got to lay out and make right. a catch and it could change the whole game so I like that what have um, what have you learned is kind of the most important thing about being a center fielder um, understanding the hitters mm-hmm. that are up okay. and understanding mm-hmm. where they like to go with mm-hmm. it. I've been able to make a couple catches this year just based off of, obviously we play these teams mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. based off of their swings right, that I've really. seen before and uh, shifting them mm-hmm. in certain ways. Obviously, Trip will help me out with that mm-hmm. if he's thinking we're going to go away or something with this batter. But, uh, yeah, I've been able to make a couple catches that if that was in my normal spot mm-hmm. – um, I wouldn't have been able to catch, and okay. I think that goes as unnoticed with fans and stuff. But I mean, that's a lot of uh, for baseball people. That's what it's all about, and you know, I've got a lot of the outfielders mm-hmm. right now helping me with that, with Gage Sundberg and mm-hmm. Tomita and all them. So it's been fun. Nice. So, as I mentioned at the start, you know, you guys are in a battle right now um, mm-hmm. for the second half title. Um, we talked to Trip a little bit about you know the first half wasn't as great for you guys, and um, you're kind of needed to play a little bit better. And then now in the second half, like I said, you're you and Salem are going toe to toe these last couple weeks. So is there anything from your perspective, you know, as, as a member of the team that kind of changed the second half or that, you know, you want to keep the momentum going in a certain way? Um, honestly, I, d- I didn't think we had that bad of a first half. Obviously, the record didn't mm-hmm. you know, speak for itself. But um, there were many, many games that we mm-hmm. were right there. Right. You know, tough break here. Or, you know, we made a mistake here. And next thing you know, it got out of hand. We just mm-hmm. didn't have a lot go that way. But, I mean, uh, we were all talking as a team that, you know, we, w- we felt like we were right there. Right. It just didn't breaks weren't going right. away but I mean this time uh at this point in the season you know we've been we've been playing better uh for sure but we're definitely having more timely hitting mm-hmm. I think uh you know Louis talks about situational hitting right. and we're doing that much much better it seems like we're having those clutch hits mm-hmm. I mean obviously the one where we came back in um in Wilmington and mm-hmm. came back I mean that that was tremendous that's what good teams do right. they find ways to win especially with that pitching staff mm-hmm. uh you know we go into the bottom of the ninth and Omar gets a big three two right. walk I mean just think about that like if that's ends up being a strike game's right. over we lose, lose the game, game yep. I mean one pitch decided the whole game mm-hmm. uh pretty much so I think we've been doing the little things mm-hmm. more than anything and uh you can definitely you can definitely feel the confidence in the locker right. room so er- earlier this summer uh you took part in our uh 
our Little League Visit Day, which is really big, important for, for our organization up in D.C. Um, you tagged along with Adam Eaton and myself to a league in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. um, which, was coo- which was great to have you there, and I know the kids appreciated it. And Like I said, that's probably the most important community day we have as an organization. Um, but you told the kids and families your story about how you got to LSU, um, your desire to play there. Um, it was kind of an inspira- inspirational talk um, to those kids, So, and that you took a little bit of a different path um, than a lot of kids. So can you kind of tell listeners that story and – and you know, kind of how you got from high school to junior college to LSU and, and where you are today. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely had a different type of path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the off season, I go out and I actually do some like inspirational talks oh, and nice. stuff okay. around the area. And uh, pretty much the whole message is, uh, it was a tattoo I got on the side mm-hmm. of my ribs that said "Heart has a limit," and mm-hmm. honestly, it was just something for me. Right. You know, and my family, we came up with it and. Um, a story came out with Jeff Marks my senior year after I got the honor of mm-hmm. wearing number eight and, you know, it kind of blew up and I go out of, you know, games and stuff like that and kids are asking me to sign my gloves mm-hmm. and stuff like that and they got HHNL on oh, wow. and, you know, it kind of took my breath away. I was like, you know, this is something special and I, I think I can do something mm-hmm. with this. And so, you know, right after I got drafted, uh, turned it in to a company and I wanted it to be all inspirational right. stuff and I wanted it to be for kids to go after their dream, right. not because, you know, someone was making them or mm. somebody said they couldn't do it because mm. their size was right. holding them back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my story growing up. I had nowhere to go out of high school to play. I knew I could play mm-hmm. with some of the best of the best, but I was getting overlooked right. because of my size. And, um, you know, I just kept plugging away. I got in uh, at Delgado with a, you know, a coach that pretty much changed my life, Joe Sherman. And, um, you know, he gave me the opportunity to play there and then – he, you know, opened the door for me to go to LSU. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's literally all about, you know, whatever you want to do, mm. you go do it. Right. Don't listen to anybody else because they think you can't do it because you're not fast mm. enough, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough. Um, I mean, if it's your goal and your heart is in it, right. I truly believe that you can achieve anything you want to. And that's the biggest message I'm trying to get uh, to younger mm. generations, younger kids, to go after their dream because – you know, when, when you get a motivated kid, right. and, and it's it's fun to watch it's them yeah. work and see what they can do. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned quickly um, that when your senior year at LSU came, you got to wear number eight. Uh, for someone that's not exactly uh, in tune with LSU baseball or LSU sports, what was important about that number eight, and, and why it was important to you, and why it was important to the program? You know, it started when Mikey Ma took, and then obviously Bregman, Fraley, mm. Ka- Mason Katz all got to wear it, and my goal was to get to LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got the honor to wear eight, that kind of took – know my breath right. I was like coach you know I really appreciate mm-hmm. getting that and that was a big factor in me going back turned down the draft with the Dodgers and mm-hmm. coming back for my senior year um for me to just have my name and rap with all them mm-hmm. is uh unreal and I mean that is something I mean obviously I wear it on my neck oh nice right now. okay um I, I'm truly honored for it and you know I can't wait you know with Antoine being able to wear it after me and all the uh Daniel Cabrera all these other people that are going to be wearing it I mean mm-hmm. it's it's you know like uh a good group so i'm pretty excited to see where it's going to go and just happy to be part of it nice well what's your website again uh hearthasnolimit.com all right cool man well listeners check it out uh like like we told trip uh we know you guys got two games today so appreciate you taking 15 minutes to join the podcast and uh good luck tonight good luck the rest of the year and uh good, we will see you in the postseason i appreciate you having me thank, thank you sir thanks again to trip keister and cole freeman for hanging out with us on the podcast it was a sort of a long day for them with the double header so we appreciate them hanging out with us for a few minutes each. So uh, They have about a month left in their season, so we're all pulling for them down the stretch. 
the uh, Harrisburg Senators are playoff bound, and we hope the uh, Potomac Nationals will join them and uh, finish the season strong. Uh, your Major League Nationals are in New York this weekend, and then return to Nationals Park on Monday for a six-game homestand against the Reds and Brewers. Monday night's Old Dominion University night. Tuesday night is Grateful Dead night. And then Saturday against the Brewers is Patrick Corbin bobblehead day. So visit nationals.com slash tickets for additional information. And thanks for listening, Nationals fans. We'll see you next time on the Curly W Live podcast.